Welcome to Across Acoustics, the official podcast of the Acoustical Society of America's Publications Office. On this podcast, we will highlight research from our four publications, the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America, also known as JAZA, JAZA Express Letters, Proceedings of Meetings on Acoustics, also known as POMA, and Acoustics Today. I'm your host, Amber Phillips, Business Administrator for the ASA. Joining me today is Julian Bonnell of Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. We will be discussing his article, Nonlinear Time Warping Made Simple, a step-by-step tutorial on underwater acoustic model separation with a single hydrophone, which appeared in the March 2020 issue of JAZA. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today, Julian. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So uh, can you provide us with a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. So I'm French. Uh, I was born in Paris in 1984. Uh, I stayed there uh, until I was 20. After that, uh, I went to Grenoble, which is basically a French city in the middle of the Alps. Uh, I got my master's degree here in 2007. That was a degree in computer and electrical engineering. Um, as part of that degree, I did a six-month internship in, at Ryerson University in Toronto, Canada. Uh, after that, I came back to Grenoble for another three years, uh, became a PhD student and got my PhD in 2010. Uh, I was working on signal processing on ocean acoustics. Um, during that PhD, I did my first ASA meeting. That was in 2009 in Portland, in the US. Uh, I also did another internship, uh, but this time at Scripps in San Diego, in the US as well. Uh, and I guess that, that those were my first uh, interaction with the Acoustical Society of America. So that, that was a good time. Uh, after that, I got hired as an assistant professor at Ensta Bretagne in Brest. Uh, I kept working uh, in signal processing on ocean acoustics. Um, uh, I've been recently hired as an associate scientist in Woods Hole, so that was in 2017. Uh, I got tenured last year, and I keep working in signal processing on ocean acoustics. Um, I'm also teaching the area processing class and the ocean acoustic class uh, in the MIT Hui Joint Program. That's awesome. Can you provide me with some background on underwater acoustic signal processing? Yes, so ocean acoustics um, is um, the study of how the sound propagates underwater and how we can use it to learn stuff about the ocean. Um, historically, that has been driven mostly by the Navy uh, because they were earning for submarines. Um, also, uh, that has been used a lot for um, to study marine mammals because they do a lot of sound underwater. But today, we know that we can do much more than that. Uh, for example, we can use sound to study fish, we can use sound to study crustaceans or ice or weathers or earthquakes and a lot of other things. Um, ocean acoustics also includes um, a lot of nerdy questions about the underlying physics, understanding the propagation of the sound, understanding the scattering, uh, understanding how we can couple the physical oceanography model with the acoustic model uh, on how do we solve that computationally speaking. And there is also a really important question right now is the question of the noise pollution. It's now widely recognized that the noise we do at sea, we human, for example, when we take a ship onto marine traffic or island gas exploration or sonar system, this is doing noise. And we know that this is a pollution and it likely has uh, an impact on the ecosystem. And so we need to answer and quantify this impact. Uh, that's another important uh, topic in ocean acoustics right now. Um, on, on you also ask about signal processing. Um, well, when we do ocean acoustic at sea, we use hydrophones, which are under matter, underwater microphones, and these collect data. And the signal processing 
uh, is computational method to try to make sense of that data that we collect at sea. Uh, if you put an hydrophone at sea, you will record a cacophony with a lot of sounds. Some of them you care, some of them you don't care. <laughs> so the idea behind signal processing is to you know, extract what's important for you. Uh, it's a lot of applied math, uh, notably statistics and linear algebra, but it has a lot of real life application. So we use that a lot in ocean acoustics, but uh, you know, it's used in many fields. For example, there is a lot of clever signal processing in our cell phones. Interesting. What is the difference between active acoustics and passive acoustics monitoring? So when we do uh, active acoustic, we use a sound source. And when we do passive acoustics, we don't use a source, we just listen. So an example of um, Passive of sorry, an example of active acoustics are you know animals doing echolocation like a bat or a dolphin. Uh, they will do a sound. The sound will propagate. It will bounce somewhere, and then it will come back. And you know they will use that to know what's in front of them. Basically, um, we do exactly the same. Like the oil and gas company, when they're uh, looking for oil below the seafloor, they will use the same ID. Or the navy, where they're hunting for submarines, they will use the same uh, active acoustics on our system. Uh, on the other hand, uh, passive acoustics is just listening. Um, so the Navy is doing that as well. Uh, for example, when you're in a submarine, you don't want to do any sound because you don't want people to know where you are. So if you just listen and you try to infer information from what you hear. Uh, Bioacousticians that will listen for marine mammals is also doing passive acoustics. Or you right now uh, listening to my voice is inferring information from what you hear. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what, are the what are hydrophones and why are they important to underwater acoustics experiments? So an hydrophone is basically just an underwater microphone. Uh, and it's important because we need experimental data. And you know that just requires dedicated equipment that survives underwater. OK. What is warping and how does it work? So warping is a signal processing trick to maximize uh, both the amount and the quality of information that we can extract from data collected using a single hydrophone. Um, that is important because uh, usual ocean acoustic experiments, they use arrays. Um, so we try to do stuff with a single hydrophone. Uh, on that, you obviously uh, radically simplify uh, the burden, the time needed on the cost associated with ocean acoustics experiment. Interesting. Okay, and how would one go about implementing warping? Okay, so that's obviously a bit of a tricky question, but I'll try to make that not overly complicated and boring. So, you know, some of you may know about Star Trek or any you know, sci-fi movie where uh, they try to travel faster than light. Um, basically, what they do is that they warp space, they change the shape of space uh, so that they can take a shorter path. Um, and, you know, uh, from a mathematical point of view, uh, if you can warp space, you can also warp time. Um, obviously, uh, you cannot do that in real, in real, in real life. But, uh, if you've got data that is recorded on the computer, you can do it on a, on a computer. For example, you know, with an old tape player machine, you, you can play it faster, right? Uh, and basically, we do the same with digital data. We do the same with signal processing methods. Um, and, and, and that's what we do. We change the way uh, the signal is sample. And if we do that in a clever way, that can be helpful to extract information. Okay, great. That makes sense. Um, what are some practical practical considerations when warping? I, I told you that warping is stretching time. And the question is, you know, how do we stretch? Like, do I stretch a lot? Do I stretch a bit? In which direction? 
Uh, and to do that, uh, we need to know the underlying physics. Uh, we need to have like models of what's going on. And for us, that is the physics of sound propagation at sea. So obviously, uh, you, we need hypothesis, and we need that hypothesis to be not too wrong so that warping works. Uh, and practically speaking, uh, that warping trick works uh, mostly in coastal shallow water. So that means you know when water depth is less than a few hundred meters. Uh, for relatively low frequency sound, so that means when the frequency is less than a few hundred hertz, and you know mid to long range when the source receiver is more than a few kilometers, and this is important because that puts us in a regime where the propagation is specific and we've got a good model, um, so that we can stretch our signal uh, in in a way that is meaningful with respect to the underlying propagation. Um, it also requires the source to be relatively brief, uh, you know, something like a clap like that or maybe an explosion, or a marine mammal vocalization, or a man-made tomographic sound source. Uh, it does not work if the source is too long, something like continuous sheet noise, uh, that, that will not work. And uh, what are some applications of warping? So warping allows to localize uh, sound source, uh, and also uh, to estimate uh, the environmental property between the source and the receiver. And maybe I can give you a few examples. Um, we've demonstrated that we can use warping uh, to localize baleen whales, so the large one, like the blue, the, like the blue whale, for example, uh, from the sound they made. Uh, and we've notably applied that to uh, study the North Pacific right whale and the boyhead whales in the Arctic. Uh, warping can also be used to estimate uh, the property of the environment between the source and the receiver. You know, you can say, I'm listening to a source, I don't really care about that source, but I want to estimate the environment between that source and me. And that is very important because you need this environmental information uh, to properly predict the propagation in an area of interest. And predicting the propagation is important, uh, for example, for the Navy uh, to be able to assess sonar performances, but also for stakeholders. If they want to monitor a forecast noise pollution, they, they need to know this information. And we can use warping to get that. Okay. Um, are there any um, other examples of warping experiments? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, I think that the, the, the beauty of warping is that it, it makes experiments at sea so much simpler because you can deploy a single hydrophone instead of a large array. Um, and for example, we recently performed a test and show that uh, um, we can do our traditional geoacoustic experiments uh, you know, from a fishing vessel instead of a large uh, research vessel. So that, that was cool. Um, another thing is that um, we can also use warping to rethink the way we do acoustic experiments. For example, next year, uh, as part of the seabed characterization experiment, uh, I will deploy a set of 20 hydrophones over an area of interest. So that will be some kind of a, you know, an acoustic carpet, as I like to call it. Um, and this is important because using warping, we'll be able to use that carpet to fully characterize the spatial variability of the seafloor in this area. And if we were to do the same without warping, Instead of 20 single hydrophones, we will do 20 arrays, and that will be just overly crazy. You know, even if you have enough money to uh, uh, get these arrays in the water, uh, just the deployment and recovery time will be will be prohibitive. And one last thing about warping is that it also allows to revisit all data set and to extract more information than what was initially planned. And examples include, you know, there are many many bioacoustic data set that data set uh, in 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 the lab. Um, usually they've been collected with a single hydrophone. Um, they've been studied to detect the presence of marine mammal, 
And using warping, we can revisit this data set and not only detect the animal, but also localize them. And that's really important for the biologist. Okay. Interesting. Um, is there any additional information that we should know about time warping? Uh, sure. Well, it's super fun. And <laughs> <laughs> um, um, why? Why is it fun? Well, it's fun because uh, you know it makes a lot of skills. Uh, on, on we touch most of them, but you know it's some kind of signal processing. Uh, also, you need to understand the basic physics, and you need to understand the application, and you know work with many people, including you know biologists, acousticians, and signal processor, and that that makes it fun, at least to me. Okay. I understand. Okay. Um, well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners will be happy to have been provided with more insight on time morphing. Thank you for tuning into Across Acoustics. If you'd like to hear more interviews from authors about their research, hit subscribe and find us on your preferred podcast platform.